is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness.
Is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. Great is the faithfulness. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercies. You are God all by yourself. We thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. We are praying just one prayer. If God would empower us to do the word. That God would empower us to do the word. We need the power to do the word. It's a power. A power to do the word. God will never reward you based on how many scriptures you have heard. It is based on how much of the word that you do. God will not reward how many scriptures that you heard or you saw, or rather, how many scriptures that you did. So we're asking God for the power to do the word. Power to do the word. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I receive power to do the word. I receive the grace to obey your word. In the name of Jesus, lift your voice in prayer now. I receive the grace to obey your word. I receive the grace to do your word, Lord. I receive grace to do your word. I receive grace to do your word. Make me a doer of your word and I follower oh God, my of father, your word. I receive grace to do
in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Father, we thank you this morning. We ask that you breathe light upon us and give us understanding to scriptures. Lord, give us a retaining, a retaining memory concerning scriptures. Whatever we are receiving this morning, may we not lose it in the name of Jesus. And I pray for strength, spiritual strength, spiritual strength, ability, and energies in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right. It's our month of abundant blessing. Like our culture is when we start a new month, we try to define that word for the month so that it will be easier for everyone to run with it. We try to understand what it all entails so that everybody would be able to run with it and function in what God has said. And I pray that in the month of February, you will experience abundant blessings indeed. In Jesus' name we pray. All right, let's see Genesis 1, 21. Proverbs 3, verse 10, NIV. NIV. So God created great seas. Can I get KGV? I didn't ask for another version yet. Give me only Proverbs 3 verse 10 on NIV. God created great sea creatures and everything that liveth, scouring and swamps in the water and every sort of each provision of spring of the same kind, and God saw that it was good. Proverbs 3 verse 10 and Ivy said, Then your barns will be filled with overflowing, and your vast will brim over with new wine. The word overflowing there is what I'm looking for. Abundance is to live in an overflowing life overflowing life can i get the first scripture on kjv genesis chapter 1 verse 21 god created great wheels and every living creature that moveth which the waters brought forth abundantly the water brought them forth abundantly abundantly so these two scriptures point out to the direction that the Lord 
is interested to give us abundance. God wants us to have abundant life. God wants us to have abundant life. Abundance is part of God's plan from inception. Abundance is older than man. Abundance is sealed in man's DNA. That is why nothing ever satisfies us. The more we achieve, the more we want to achieve. Isaiah 60 and verse 5. Kill about the past. Isaiah 60 and verse 5. And Isaiah 60 and verse 5. Isaiah 60 and verse 5. see it is important you understand how God wants you to live your life because it has a strong effect on your prayer then thou shall see and flow together and thy heart shall fear and be enlarged because the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee and the forces of the Gentiles shall come to thee. The abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee. Now, that scripture is saying that blessings will be released and transferred to your direction. Great wealth will become your portion. That is what that scripture is saying. Great wealth will become your portion. Now, if you've observed the last two scriptures we've read, have pointed that abundance can come from the rivers, from the waters, or from the sea. There is a power and there is a covenant that water has from Genesis that it has the ability to vomit out abundance. Genesis chapter 1 verse 21. Exodus, I'm sorry, Isaiah 60 and verse 5. If you read more of Genesis, you realize that when God brought out things abundantly or plenty, it was the water that God gave the errand. God gave the errand to the sea that the sea would bring them forth. And this is why the devil will take advantage of the sea to rob and deny the average believer of their blessing. And I pray anyone here whose blessing has been trapped by the sea, they vomit them up now. They vomit them up now. In the mighty name of Jesus. They vomit them up. 
Somebody say in the name of Jesus, I command the sea to bring me abundance. Say, I command the waters to bring me abundance. Let the forces of the sea be converted to me. In Jesus' name. Psalms 52 verse 7. So, let's settle in our heart today that God has never planned anything small for us. He wants us to enjoy His best. God has never planned anything small for us. He wants us to be the one in the affair of things and enjoying His best. Okay. Lo, this is the man that made not God his strength, but trusted in the abundance of his riches and strengthened himself in wickedness. So the Bible is saying that there are kind of people who has now, they've received so much and now their faith and their trust has been put on their material possessions and not God anymore. And if you remember very well in one of the book of the gospel, you know what happened to a man like that who woke up one day and said, now eat and drink and everything is in my power and um, that it, Bible called him thou fool. See today, your soul shall be demanded and, her, and the man died. That was all. That was all. So don't allow whatever God has given to you make you to become arrogant. It is dangerous to trust what you have more than God. It is dangerous to trust more than what you have and what you know more than God. It's a dangerous thing. It's a dangerous thing to trust what you have and what you know more than God. All right. So how do we activate abundance this month? What do we do to walk into the abundant blessing that the Lord had set for us? Number one is gathering to gather. As rich as God is in everything, God hates waste. As much as God has everything in common, God hates waste. Let's see Genesis, and uh, sorry, John, chapter 6, 12 and 13. John 12, John 6, 12 and 13, John 6, 12 and 13. As rich as God is, God hates to see and to know that people are scattering. God loves to see gathering. 
And anywhere there is gathering, suddenly it begins to grow into heap. And when they were filled, my scriptures are very slow this morning. Help me make it a bit faster. And when they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore, they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fragment of the five billy loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. So God wants you to gather. God hates scattering. God hates scattering. Mind you that the abundant blessing you are looking for might not come as one bulk money. It might come as bit of money every week, every day, or every month. Are you able to recognize it or you keep scattering and wasting all the crumbs? You keep scattering and wasting all the little ones coming and you are waiting for a big break. God hates waste. God hates waste. Sometimes you don't just jump into abundance. You grow into abundance. You don't just drop into plenty. You grow into plenty. Let's see Luke chapter 16, 9 and 12. I think I don't have those who attend church, church without words online this morning. The comment, the platform is too cold. It looks like I'm talking to myself. Luke 69 to 12. Somebody say, Lord, this month, give me abundant blessing. Say, Father, this month, give me abundant blessing. Yeah. That is the plan of God for you. Let's read on that scripture. Can everybody hear me clearly? Can you hear me clearly? Let me know. Okay, thank you then. Let's read on the scripture now. Luke 16 from verse 9 to 12. And I say unto you, make to yourself friends of the mammon of our righteousness, that when ye fall, if ye fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitation. He that is faithful in that which is least, no to. This is Jesus speaking. He said, anybody who is faithful in small things is faithful in much also. He that is faithful in that which is least 
is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in least is unjust in much. Alright, let's go 11 and 12. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? So the Bible is saying that if you can manage little things, forget big things. Everybody here is trusting God for one gracious miracle, for one gracious bank alert, for one something big to just happen. But God said, I'm going to test you. Yeah, that's what he's saying. He said, I will test you. And I will not tell you when the test will come. So if you fail it, he said, forget that big one. If you fail it, forget the big one. It will never come. So you're trusting God for $10,000. Suddenly, God began to give you favor of $1,000 every month or every week or just in a random season. Are you able to recognize that this is part of the $10,000 I'm trusting God for? Or you squander it waiting for the $10,000? The litmus test that proves you are ready for a big season is how you handle the small seasons. The litmus test that you are ready to handle a big season is how you handle the small one. The proof that you can handle big money is how you deal with small one. Alright, so I just said to us that some blessings will not come in bulk. It won't come at once. It has to be gathered. That doesn't still mean it's not a blessing. That doesn't mean it won't still get you into abundance. You must understand that God decides when he brings it and how he brings it. Many people are not still blessed because they are waiting for one big hit. They are waiting for one big hit and God is bringing it in bits. To be able to build a character in them, then it will now bring them into one big hit. A lot of us are praying to meet kings, but we don't have respect and honor for our colleagues or even our juniors. So if those kings decided to meet us and send errands through our juniors and colleagues, would we be able to actually receive the kings because of how we treat the smaller kings and people around us? We must learn to gather. Somebody say in the name of Jesus, I receive grace to gather. This month of February, I will not scatter. I will not scatter resources, relationships, my business. I will not scatter I receive the grace to gather in the name of Jesus. So it is important that we settle it. God will not always bring everything in bulk. Sometimes he brings it little by little. He brings it little by little. You've received a prophecy. The man you will marry is a very rich man. Sometimes God will not bring the man rich. Sometimes God will 
will not bring the man rich. God will bring the man to you when the man is average, starting up, and by the time you stay. And it's all a test to see if you will be able to stay, if you will be able to recognize what the Lord is doing. And by the time you sit down and begin to do your thing, suddenly the person begins to blossom and the story changes. I heard a story, a, a, a man went to the pastor and said, the wife has left. And the pastor called the man and sent for the woman because they got married in his church. Why did you leave your husband? The, the woman said, nothing. So let's try to sort this issue. She said, nothing can be done. So what are you saying? Nothing can be done. You left for no reason. There should be something. So towards after the press press, she said, let me tell you the truth. This man is too broke. That is the truth. He's too broke for my liking. How can a human being be this broke? For how many years of marriage? We don't have a car. We don't have a job. We don't have this. We are just managing left to right. He's too broke. And they begged and they begged, and she left. And the man cried. And the man told the pastor, few months later, he had had an opportunity to leave Africa and move to America. And all he needed was some support. So the pastor gave him some money and prayed for him. And the young man left. Said so that was the last time he heard from the young man for a very long period. Suddenly one day, they saw him in a church service, looking all different, well-dressed, looking fresh. After service, the young man came, sat in the office, opened his bag, pulled out 10000 no, $50,000, £50,000, and €50,000, pulled them out, each, these, these currencies, different of these currencies, in bundles, and dropped them on the table. He said he was shocked, like, what's going on? Did you go to steal or what? And the guy said, no. He said, the Lord has done it for me. The Lord had done it for me. And the guy brought out his phone and began to show him pictures. Began to show him pictures of hospitals he, has, he now owns. He owns hospitals. He owns restaurants. He owns transport companies. He owns a lot of things in U.S., and in Europe. And the man of God asked him, where's that your wife? He said, forget her. She left me when I needed her most. She's gone and she's gone for good out of my life. If she never left me, maybe I wouldn't have been motivated to do what I'm supposed to do. Now, it's a two-way thing now. Okay? It's a two-way thing. Many people have been trapped in marriage that they can't take the step they would have taken to prosper. So if the wife never left, that man has a destiny. He would have been, he should have been living out of the country and doing well. But he has now used the statement of I'm married. I can't leave my family to tie himself. And the moment that marriage broke, the man took step that he wouldn't take naturally. The woman herself, possibly, possibly could be the reason why that man was not prospering. So all God did to answer the man's prayer was to break that home. And the man 
didn't even understand what was going on until he came into blessing. I've seen many, I've seen many again and again who have no business with poverty, if not for marriage, who have no business with all kinds of things that they're going through, if not for marriage. So, Pastor, what should they do? Me, I'll tell them, did you pray? If they do any other thing by themselves, the Lord is their strength. For me, I'll tell them to pray. But many people are trapped up in marriage. Their prosperity has been buried in marriage. Their greatness has been buried in marriage. There's no hope. There's no future. There's no possibility of anything good because one of the parties has become uh, a parasite. One of the parties has become a, a means of stagnation to the other. They will not prosper. They will not help you prosper. They will not allow you to prosper. And that is not God's plan for you as a man or a woman in getting a partner. I pray for everyone listening to me. Whoever that needs to live your life for you to step into destiny fulfillment, I disconnect them right now. Anyone that needs to get out of your life for you to step into the fulfillment of your destiny, I disconnect them right now. I disconnect them right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. And while you are saying amen, I hope you will be able to discern when God starts to disconnect them. I hope you will be able to discern when God starts to disconnect them. Because a lot of us, the moment that relationship comes to start breaking now, you will start crying. The moment that business starts breaking now, you will start crying. Just imagine somebody who you are about to get married to, card has been printed, and you now go back to God in prayer. Say, Father, whatever, maybe a man of God preached a message in a service and all of that, so you felt it, you didn't touch you. Oh, Father, anybody in my life that will not help me, Lord, remove them, remove them, remove them, remove them. Any kind of relationship that will not help me, Father, let it break it, break it. Suddenly, a young man that is supposed to get married to you, few weeks or few months to your marriage, there is a news that he has impregnated another lady. There's a news that a young man has said he doesn't want you anymore. Naturally, we don't remember the prayer we prayed anymore. No, we don't see it. We cry. I thought this guy loved me. I thought this guy said he cared about me. Oh, man has come. Man has come. Man has come. Man has come. Some of you cry will not be the one to go and start begging. Can we, let's, let's make it work. You just prayed, madam. You prayed. I was telling this story some time ago. I didn't finish. I was in a relationship with a lady who I, I believe I loved her. We've known for a very long period of time. So um, I wanted to get married to her because of that. Because all they taught me is if you want to get married, get married to your friends. So that was the only picture I had on marriage. But it got to a point, I realized that my life wasn't progressing. I realized that I began to lose peace. I've gone to see the family, I've gone to do knocking and all of that. I, be, I began to lose peace. I began to lose peace concerning the whole thing. And for the first time, I went to visit the family. Nice girl, the, lead, the, the sisters, beautiful and all of that. I began to lose peace in my spirit. First time I went to visit them, 
I could smell literal idol worship in the family house. And while I began to investigate, I learned the community still worships serpents. You don't kill a serpent in that community. You could be seated like this, a snake will crawl to you. Either you walk away or you go and call uh, one of those people in charge of the serpent worship to come and carry the snake out. If the snake enters your house, either you sleep inside the house with the snake or you leave the house for the snake or you go and call those who are in charge of the serpent worship and all of that. If you kill a snake, you have to do a full funeral. If you kill, and there's not just normal snake. Most of the snakes you find there are the pythons. They don't kill it. You have to go and buy a coffin. They will give you a date. You go and buy drinks. You will rent canopy and do party to bury one of the snakes. And I said, no wonder my spirit was taking me aback. But I still loved this lady. So what did I do? When I left there, I went into prayer. I said, Father, there is something in my spirit that is not settling down with this whole journey anymore. God, I don't know what it is. And I couldn't, I couldn't really prophesy very well. I couldn't hear God well. I said, God, I don't know what it is, but please, you have my permission. If this marriage will cause me pain any day, if it will cause me tears anywhere, break it. Lord, break it. Lord, break it. I began to pray. I began to pray. I began to pray. I began to pray. Went to the altar and sowed the seed on that prayer, and I relaxed. Three, two, three weeks later, my, my mom called me one day. Was it my mom? I don't know. My mom my dad called me one day and said, that marriage is over. They are not going back to that family again. I'm like, what's going on? You are not the one getting married there. It's me. He said, no. Something just happened now. They just had a call with the family trying to um, talk about the marriage list. And uh, the man insulted them. The, the girl's father insulted my dad. And while they were still trying to talk with the man, the wife took the phone, rained insults on my dad, rained insults on my mom. Why would they be asking to remove something from the list? Are they buying chicken? Are they not? Ah, I was like, I don't understand. So what is bringing insult? My mother was angry. My father was angry. This thing, they have told me they are done. They are done. If, and my father is a very funny kind of person. He has anger issues, but he doesn't really easily get angry. Once he gets angry about a thing, be careful. And the moment he makes a thing statement, he, he doesn't go back on his word. He doesn't go back on his word. And I heard him that day say something. He said, over my dead body, will I enter that family to go and get married with you? If you are going there on your own, so even if I die and you carry my dead body there to go and get married, I will stand up, I will walk away, and I will die again. I knew it was a done deal. And at this time, I've not remembered the prayer I prayed anymore, I forgot. So I called the girl, what's going on? She said, what, what? I said, look, look, look at what happened. She called the parents, and the parents were still ranting, 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 and ranting, and ranting. She called me, and she was crying. I said, don't cry. Just find out what's going on. My parents, the point they are in now, I know they, are, they have gone, is beyond them. I will try and still try to talk to them. I called, talked. For two days, they were mad. I should, if I bring up this issue again, da, 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 how can, ah, I know my mom. My mom is the kind of person, if my dad is angry, she will try to um, contain the whole thing and try to calm But now, she's the one adding the fire. 
She's the one identifier. Yes, why would it? I knew it was not her anymore. So I was just praying one day. Suddenly, the whole thing now came back to my heart. Like, you pray this prayer that if this thing has to be this way and this way, it shouldn't work. And the now settled in my heart that, okay, then God is answering the prayer that I prayed. A lot of us are not able to identify the answers to our prayers when it, when it comes. Because the answers will not always come positive. You just prayed in, you are in a relationship and you say, Father, take control. Okay. You, you don't know what you just said. All you're telling him is, Father, if it's not good, spoil it. If it's good, make it good. So the guy, God just took control and removed the girl or the guy out of your life. And it's broken. So you are now there crying. Your heart has been broken. Maybe there's even something hidden you are not aware of. And probably God exposed. Ah, I didn't know this girl is like this. I didn't know. Oh, all this happened. You, just, you told God to take control. So that was the end of it. And a few months later, the girl, we, we were still talking, but we, we ended everything. It was difficult. We ended everything and everyone moved on. few months later, the girl began to have a lot of issues. That was when it really dawned on me that this is what I would have been dealing with myself. She began to have a lot of issues. Financial issues, gynecological issues, spiritual issues, um, um, academic issues, career issues and a whole lot of issues. Oh, she had to go through some terrible surgeries where she almost died. And oh, it dawned on me, this would have been me that is carrying this problem. This would have been me that is carrying this problem. And while I began to do other research, every one of the family who got married had issues with childbirth. Everyone. Everyone, from the biggest to the youngest, everyone had issue with childbirth. Everyone, after they got married, the husband began to go through financial difficulty. One of them, the husband had to sell his building, sold his building to bring his business back to life and for the family to eat. So it dawned on me that God was really answering my prayer, but I didn't know. There could be somebody listening to me now who God is answering your prayer about that challenges in that relationship, that challenge in that job, probably that challenge in that marriage. God is answering your prayer concerning that health crisis over somebody. But right now, all you are doing right now is that you are asking God, Father, why? Father, why? Am I still your child? Father, why? Oh, God, when are you looking at me like this? Where are you? God didn't go anywhere. God is there. We must learn to discern our prayers properly and the answers to our prayers so that we will not become the enemy of the prayer when it happens. I pray for somebody one more time. Anyone that will not help your destiny, may God disconnect them from you. Whoever that needs to live your life for you to shine, let the, let God cut off that person in the mighty name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
All right. Number two is service. Service, service. If we must step into abundance, we must understand the tool and the principle of service to God. Deuteronomy 28, 47 and 48. Let's see that scripture very quick. Deuteronomy 28, 47 to 48. You must serve God, serve God. If you even read Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 1, it said, remember the Lord in the days of your youth. Another word for that, serve God while you are a youth. Stop waiting for your old age. Let me flex my life now. Let me enjoy my life now. So you still want to be a Christian who can go to club, go to a party, drink alcohol, uh, womanize. Then when you are done, um, you can now come and um, now use your old, old age and old life to give to God. There is a reward. The, the reward is different. The reward is different. Um, Deuteronomy 28, 47, 48 says, Because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. So um, Moses was saying that there is a way to serve God. Number one is that you must serve God with joyfulness. Another one is that you must serve God with gladness. And this we afford you abundance in everything. Verse 48, Therefore, thou shalt serve thy enemy. So if you refuse to serve God, you will serve you. Everybody is serving something. If you refuse to serve God, you will serve your enemies, whether you know it or not. Everybody is a tighter. Where you are tightened to is what the problem is. Everybody is a tighter. Where you are tightened to is what the problem is. If you are not giving it to God, problem will come and take it. The devil will come and take it. Everyone is a giver. Some are giving to the hospital. Some are giving to police case. Some are giving to um, demonic attacks. Some are giving to all kind of devourers. Why some are giving to God willingly? And those who are giving to hospitals and all of that, it has been taken forcefully. There's no reward anymore. But the one submitting it to God willingly, Willingly. January is first fruit. And I realize a lot of people have folded their hands because they want me to now go and teach. And I don't have the strength. I told you this year, I don't have the energy to start speaking plenty of grammar. You see, the reason why I have to give your first fruit. Don't worry. Stay there. Just stay there. Don't worry yourself. Just stay there. He said, Because you serve not the Lord thy God, thou shalt serve thy enemies which the Lord shall send against thee in hunger. So if you refuse to serve God in joyfulness of heart and gladness, so you're going to serve your enemies in hunger and in thirst and in nakedness and in want of all things. And he shall put a yoke of iron upon thy neck until he have destroyed you. Why are you running from serving God? Why are you... You're, many people are suffering. Listen, I was talking to somebody two days ago. It's a guy that I know. A very nice guy, very nice guy, hardworking guy, sincere guy, but he's not a good Christian. And the guy is suffering. Things are just hard and tough. And I told the person, I said, life does not produce because you are nice. No, life produces because of the principles that back you. Life will produce 
because of the principles that backs you. What are the principles backing you? Are you adding God or you are saying, let's, let's put God out of it? Are you adding God or are saying, we don't need God right now? Service is getting yourself physically involved in the Lord's work. Service is getting yourself involved physically in the Lord's work. Not assumptuously. Going to church to sit down on Sunday with your Bible and they close, you go home. You are not serving. I'm sorry, man. You are not serving. I'm sorry, sir. You are not serving. Going to church where you like, when you like, you are not serving. You must be addicted. And the day you go to church, do something. Clean the chairs, sweep the church, carry the chairs, join the usher, join the choir. There is a reward. For you to come to church and sit down and just listen, they close you go home. That structure, according to Bible, it is just the basic structure for the average believer. And it shouldn't be so for long. One year maximum, you should get yourself involved. That's if you are late to one year cry, you are late. One is you get yourself involved in, your, in the workforce, the media, the evangelism, sanctuary, the welfare, those who are financing the church, one way or the, You should get, get yourself, listen, everybody listening to me, listen to me right now. Wherever you choose to put your head to follow with your life, I don't care. That is your own problem. But listen, you don't serve God. The day you will meet him, you will regret using your time and your life for the things that suit you. Mark it down. You will regret it. Be joking with God and be doing your own thing and say, oh, we'll serve God later. You see, it's not time yet. Uh, let's just do our thing. You will regret it. And by then, there won't be room anymore. There won't, no. It will be too late to say, okay, can I go back and... It's too late. Why can't you give God your time right now? Oh, pastor, you see, my kind of job, I'm busy. I was talking to a lady days ago. I said, what do you do in church? Oh, I belong to choir. I said, that's beautiful. Um, but I, I just sensed you've not been going. Uh, pastor, it's actually true. You see, um, because of my job, I said, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't give me any excuse. This is how it works. This is how it works. If you realize you've now gotten a job, the same service you were doing was what opened the door and God gave you this good job. Now, what do you do? Still remain in that group or look for another group that is flexible for your job. If, let's say, for example, you are in choir, you know you have to go through rehearsals before you can sing. And now your job takes you from Monday to Saturday evening. You can't go to um, this thing anymore. Switch to um, ocean. Ushers don't need rehearsal. Switch to protocol. Switch to the uh, church cleaners. Switch to the prayer groups. Switch to the media, the technical, and all that departments in the church. Apart from that, if you choose to stay there, there's another wisdom that you use. Okay, I'm still in choir. Choir leader, this is the problem. You understand my job situation. Pastor, this is my situation. My, uh, this and that and that. So, when they say choir is going to have um, a program, you know you can't be around. Buy uniform for somebody. Pay for somebody's uniform. They say they are paying a levy. Choir will can't be there, so we have to pay that levy. Oh, choir, and we have to travel for a program. Pay to people's transport. You can't be there physically anymore. Let your money be there. You are not serving God. Your time is not serving God. Your strength, your money. So what? The, what are you doing with your life? In the same way, you can boldly open your mouth and ask God to bless you. 
Listen, I don't care the, the prayer line you are joining. I don't care how anointed the man of God is. Maybe that is here or anywhere. I don't care the prophecies over your life. You don't serve God. Watch how you're going to end in a life that you will regret. It's not a curse. No, it's a principle. You don't use God. You don't use God. Get yourself back to the things of God. Get yourself committed. Read through your Bible. You think those things are just mere stories? People who serve God with all their life and God began to bless them. And those who did not serve God with their life and saw how messed up they were. You think it's, it's their mere stories? They are still happening to date. It hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. Service is a major key for enjoying the blessings God has made available in the kingdom. Service is a major key. Listen, you want to know God more. What you need is not Bible school. If you want to know God more, what you need is to serve. Look for a church. Become a disciple. Sit down. Follow. That is where somebody can start looking at your errors. That's where somebody can start peeping into your life and say, hey, my son, come. The way you did this thing, you were wrong. The way this thing you did, you were wrong. Why are you leaving this girl? Because there are people who don't want to be committed to church. For example, a young lady reached out to me and said, she's just dating a guy. I said, from what I see, the guy is a good guy. But just stay prayerful and do other things. Now, months have gone by. This guy is not saying anything about getting married. And now it became difficult. And I asked the lady a question. I said, who is the guy's pastor? Who is his father? He said, she doesn't know. I'm like, what do you mean? How do you date somebody to the point you've come close to, you're supposed to have gotten married, you don't know their church? And if you are such, such kind of person here, you are not being wise. You don't know their pastor, whether you are a girl or a guy. Listen, every true Christian are committed to their pastor. And their pastor can help you keep them and align them well for your own good. Except the pastor is a, is, is a, is a devil. Will help you align them for your own good. And the pastor will be the one to tell you, some, any pastor that is, is good will tell you, this one there is not a marriage material. Or if you want to marry this one, be careful, be very careful, this one. And the whole thing wasn't coming off and all. I said, go and look for the pastor. And he went to the guy. The guy said he attends two churches. At the same time, he said, yes. I said, it can't be true. If it is true, then you are in trouble. Who, who is he accountable to? Who is the one he is accountable to? And she investigated. The guy was actually lying because the guy already have another girl now in the church that he's now proposing to. So he doesn't want this girl to come to their church so that it, uh, they will not find out and he will not lose the other girl. Just looking for a way to work out. I said, look for the pastor's number. Call him. He introduce yourself. If everything will spoil, it should spoil now so that you move on with your life instead of the guy keeping you. And he looked for the number, called, her, called the pastor, and went to introduce herself. And they met one. The pastor was shocked. You see now, that's why I've not allowed the lady to come and know the pastor. The pastor was shocked that this guy already has somebody he has promised to get married to. The pastor was shocked. 
So there's a way to be a Christian. You don't just stand up and just, um, you go to church, walk out, the man of God does not know you, um, you just, you come and bring your tithe and throw it down and you are gone and we don't even know whether you are a tither. We don't even know when you brought your first fruits. We don't even know when you give offering or you, you claim to now be a Christian and a member. You don't give tithe. You don't give first fruits. You don't, you are, listen, this thing is a family. You are not incorporating yourself to be part of the family and the repercussion is that there is a certain benefit and blessing you will be removed from what a lot of us do every day is that we compare ourselves with the system of the world i look at that, my friend who does not go to church or she died as she died is it me that come and imagine you a believer comparing yourself with a worldly person. When they should be the one looking at you and say, ah, since you have been going to church, I see your business have changed, your finance have changed. What are you doing, sir? I'm, I'm tired to know. And I'm going for Bible study always. And I don't open business in the days when there is church. So join me. And they will be tempted to join. The guy that helped me to get committed to God, a young man called Emeke, the shop I was, I was having my own business. He was working opposite my shop as a staff where they do typing, computer school and printing and all of that. So he would close and come by my shop and he would say, I'm going to church. Sometimes I've closed for the day. I'll just get seated there. He would say, let's go. Say, forget all this church, church thing. What are you saying? A church, all this church, church thing. I just carry and go and sit down. He kept coming. He kept coming. He kept coming. One day he came. I think it was a Wednesday evening. Yeah. That's when we have Bible study, Wednesday evening, what a life. He came again and he was like, let's just go. This thing, you are just, and I said, okay, we'll go today. So he came immediately the time for the service and I joined him. When I sat down for the first time ever in my life, I was already almost 20 or almost 20, about 16, 17, there about. But for the first time in my life, I've been going to church I felt God. It was like while the man of God was teaching, there was no AC in the church. But it was like somebody had turned an AC on. Something was cooling. The teaching was entering my head differently. The worship was hitting differently. It was like I have not been a Christian all along. It was like I have not been going to church. It was. I'm like, what is going on? This is not me. What is? Why am I feeling so much peace suddenly as if I've not been living a good life? What is going on? What am I? And the man of God was not preaching anything on holiness. He was just doing normal teaching on uh, business or sex and all of But the spirit of God began to bear witness in that spirit that, hey, you've not been with me. It's time to come home. The next week, I, was, I, I wanted to go, but um, I was just struggling. And the guy came again, dragged me. I went. The third week, I was the one that came to wait for the guy. That was it. He did. From then, I no more. My shop is no more open. By the time I would have to go do church service, sometimes Saturday I have to go do some work in church. And by the time I come to the office, people who I was supposed to fix their computer, they will be waiting for me. There are other people they could go to, but God will trap them and kept them waiting. Let's serve God. Stop giving excuses. Particularly, you are a young person. You are your 40s, 40s below, 50s below. Serve God. Give you your time. Give your life. You don't serve God by merely sitting and coming to church physically and not getting involved in anything. No. Getting involved is a must. So that's why I told you earlier that service 
is getting yourself physically involved in the Lord's work. Service is getting yourself physically involved. And you see me, I don't want trouble. I just want to be a normal Christian. No wonder your life looks very normal. I want to be a normal Christian and come normal. You will not grow. You will not mark it. You will not grow. There are three class of Christians, and when they check you, you're going to be in the most basic level of Christians. Nothing will challenge your prayer life. Nothing will challenge and stir up the spiritual giftings God. Some of you have the prophetic, you don't know. Some of you have healing, you don't know. Some of you have the grace to teach the word, you don't know. Some of you are even called into ministry, you don't know. So because you are running from the place of service, you will not be rescued and be pushed to the place where you can fulfill the agenda of God for your life. How would I have known I would be a minister by now if I didn't follow that guy? How would I have known? That was not when I, I knew I had a call. I didn't know. But that brought me into commitment to the things of God. That when I had difficult situations and I, I was having issues with my traveling, I was with God in the place of prayer, praying, 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 because something had been planted underneath. God spoke to me for the first time ever. Since I was born, I've been hearing people say they hear God. I dream once in a while. For the first time, I was praying about 2, 1, 2 a.m. in the night. Praying, Father, what do you want from me? What do you want me to do? Why is my life not working? I heard God clearly. He said, go and ask your pastor. I was not dreaming. I was not in a trance. It was not a vision. I heard them with my ear for the first time. Just because a young man came and invited me to a church, and he followed me, and I dragged him. And years later, I could hear God for my ears for the first time. And today, I could hear God literally almost every other day. And I'm doing the things the Lord wants me to do. And living fulfilled, and God is happy, and I'm happy. So that thing you are running from, that church you are running from, that um, closeness to your man of God you are running from, you could just be running from your destiny without you knowing. And the day you're going to realize is when you are old. And let me tell you the truth. At that time, it is more bitter to serve God. Oh yeah, when things are hard, when your health is now dilapidating, when your finances have been crushed, when um, a, a, an old man came to buy Bible school from at the age of, um, I think he was 60 something, or even close to 70. And my pastor was like, what's going on? Why are you coming to buy this thing now? He said, help me to pray to God to forgive me. I was told I had a call of God when I was in my 20s. And I said, I'm not interested. I got married. I was doing well financially. I got married. I got a visa. I took my, I took my kids. We relocated to the U.S. And we began to live our life. He said, but after years, I think after 20, 30 years of staying in the U.S. and married, his, his finance began to crash. His job began to crash, began to sell his properties. And at last of all, the wife left him and took all the kids. Everything was gone. And he had been praying to God that is why everything he had been seeing and hearing from God is all about the ministry work that he ran from. That he has to go and do the work of ministry. So he has now come to buy the farm, almost 70 years old. After you've lost everything, where do you want to start from? So, 
The scripture we read earlier, I said, if you don't serve the Lord, you will serve your enemies. So overcoming your enemies is not always a prayer point, but service afford you a protection and a victory that you cannot buy. Overcoming your enemies is not always a prayer topic. Father, all my enemies. No, there's a way you should serve God. God will take care of your enemies by himself. In the book of Proverbs, he said, If a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh his enemies to be at peace with him. And some of us, by lack of wisdom, we still get offended in church. You still get offended in church that they told you this, they told you that, they said this, they said that, and they said that. They are not treating me well. They are not. Listen, the devil is the one cheating you. Service commands the blessing over you and makes you Lord over others. Get me Genesis 27, verse 29. Genesis 27, 29. The set, when you begin to serve, it commands the blessing and the overflowing and the abundance of God over your life and make you a Lord over others. I've told you again and again, every, everybody cannot be equal. Everybody cannot be equal. There is a place of separation. The place of service, the place of covenant is the place of separation. Covenant separates us. And part of the thing that leads us to covenant is how you serve God. You now become a Lord over your mates. And they are wondering, how are you moving so fast? You might even be younger than them by age. But that does not matter anymore. I pray for somebody. May you receive the baptism to serve God right now. May you receive the baptism to serve God right now. And for everyone committed in the service of God, in the mighty name of Jesus, begin to experience overflowing blessing. Begin to experience overflowing blessing in the name of Jesus. Let's get that scripture. Genesis 27, 29. Can you help me? Can you help me? Can you help me? See what us done. Can you see what us done? And what we waited for. Come to pass, see what the Lord has done. All right, I'm reading from my Bible. I don't know what's happening to my admins this morning. I guess they are all sleeping. It said, Let the people serve thee, and nations bow down to thee. Be Lord over thy brethren. So, this was a blessing that is being conferred on Jacob by the father Isaac. Alright? So because I've served God and you've served me, he said, people are going to serve you. Nations will bow to thee and you shall be Lord over thy brethren and let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. Cursed be everyone that cursed thee and blessed be he that blessed thee. So God automatically elevated him above all his family members. Mind you, he might not be the one that have the best career, or the most attractive career, 
But because the blessings of God is seated upon him, at the end of the day, what happens is that he will always be ahead and not beneath. Somebody say, Lord, help me to serve you. Somebody say, Lord, help me to serve you. Understand that Satan will never allow you to serve God. Satan will never allow you to serve God. And let me tell you this. Don't be too busy to get, not to get involved in the work of God. It could be Satan that is using you. Don't be too busy not to serve God. Satan could just be the one using you. Exodus chapter 5, 1 to 3. Let me be open my Bible. I don't trust my admin today. So I'm sure today, let me assume I don't have admin. So let me be reading my Bible by myself. Exodus 5, 1 to 3. Let me repeat what I said earlier. Satan will never allow you to serve God. Don't be too busy, too busy to get involved in the work of God. It could be Satan that is using you. Afterward, Aaron, Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. That's piece of a church service. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord? that I should obey his voice to let Israel go. I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. So, let's get verse 3 now. You see Pharaoh is already opposing them from serving God. And they said, The God of, he of the Hebrews had met with us. Let us go. And we pray thee three days journey into the desert and sacrifice unto the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with sword. So you see clearly, you see clearly, you see clearly that everything you begin to see them not being able to serve God is that the devil in form of Pharaoh is now the one trying to stop them from being able to serve God. You might be saying you are busy, you are busy, you are busy. And it's not you. It is actually the devil that is the one stopping you from serving God. One day, somebody who I've been close to, close, she was also close to me, suddenly I realized she became too busy for me. Ah, I was like, what's going on? I won't see you online. I'll call you. Oh, I'm busy. Oh, I'm busy. Oh, I'm busy. I was like, what's going on? One day I was just praying. God said, it's not busy. It's a demon. It's a demon trying to cut the person off. Call that person now and deal with that spirit. So I picked up the call. How are you doing? Oh, Papa, I'm busy. I'll call you. I said, shh, hold on. Let's pray. And Papa, you see, I said, hold on. Let's pray. And let's, we began to pray. Right there, the fire of God fell upon the person on the phone. And the demon began to cry out. said, I had made sure that this person will become so busy that there will not be time to come close to you. Then we can now perfectly execute our assignment to kill the person. 
So that busy you are claiming, the real problem is not that you are busy. There is something controlling you not to be able to serve God. The anger of God is revealed when you don't serve him. Serving God has no boundaries, no age, no gender, no color, nothing. Exodus 10, 8 to 12. Exodus chapter 10, 8 to 12. Mokodobalada Basha. Somebody say, I will serve God. Come on, declare it one more time. I will serve God. Exodus 10, 8 to 12. And Moses and Aaron were brought unto again unto Pharaoh, and he said unto them, Go serve the Lord your God. The same Pharaoh that said, I will not let you go serve God, is now saying, Go serve the Lord thy God. But look at this, pay attention to this now. And Moses said, Will we go with our young and with our old, with our sons, with our daughters, with our flocks, with our herds? Will we go, for we must hold a feast? unto God. Alright? Let's continue from verse 10. And he said unto them, Let the Lord be so with you, as I will let you go, and your little ones look to it, for evil is before you. Not so. Go now, ye that are men, and serve the Lord, for that ye did desire, and they were driven out of the presence of Pharaoh. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thy hand over the land of Egypt, for the locust that they may come upon the land and eat every herb of the land, even all that hail hath left. So Pharaoh said, Okay, now um, let's negotiate. I will allow you to go serve God. But you see, um, all the women will not go, all the children will not go. Let only the men go. Later I came again. So okay, all the men will not go because they have to be slaves. Let the women and let the children go. And you will not carry your businesses and your animals and all of that. So there are some of us who find themselves in a family where one part of the family is serving God and the other part is not serving God. God was willing. God said, Moses, stretch forth your hand. Stretch forth your hand. Let your hand go to Egypt. God was willing to kill anything that stopped his people from serving him. So if you stop your wife from serving God, God is willing to kill you. If somebody stops you from serving God, God is willing to kill that person. If your business stops you from serving God, God is willing to kill that business. Serve God. Exodus 12, 30 to 32. Exodus 12, 30 to 32. God is a jealous God. And anything that we take away or try to contend with his jealousy, he will come at it with everything. Exodus 12, 30 down to 32. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt. For there was not a house where there was not one dead. He called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise up and get you forth from your, my, among my people, both ye 
and the children of Israel, and go, serve the Lord as you have said. The same man that said, I, I don't know God, is saying, I'm begging you now. And take your flocks and your heads, as you have said, and be gone, and even bless me. The same person, listen, listen, can I give us this testimony? The reason why your enemies can still exact on you is because you are not serving God. You are not serving God, though. You are not serving God. You are not serving God. And the few ones serving God are not serving God with the gladness of heart. God can kill your enemies just because you are serving him and they are trying to stop what is yours. You don't need to pray for them to die. You are just so committed to the things of God and you heard that a witch is, is confessing in your village. Ah, we tried to stop them her from getting married and suddenly she was in church and it, it turned down and came out and blasted. We were trying to stop her from getting pregnant and then uh, we just saw a man appeared and said, this is my daughter and the man struck her. You will just see things happening. Listen, can you get back to service and serve God accurately or you still want to be playing games God killed the firstborns of Egypt after he had troubled them with all that place killed all their firstborn because okay if you refuse to allow my child to go serve you and you see Moses was requesting not only for him to go serve God not only for some everybody service makes God invest his jealousy on you service makes God invest his jealousy on you. If you don't serve God, he can be angry with you. If you serve him well, he can kill your enemies for you. Many people are asking God for a huge blessing. But God is asking for the record of their service. Many are asking God for an overflowing blessing. But God is asking for the record of their service. I know you want a big blessing, but can I see the record of your service? I know you want um, you want to get married. You want the kind of marriage nobody has had in your family. Let me repeat what I said earlier. Everybody is serving something, whether you know it or not. What is making you not to go to church? There is a force, there is a pharaoh behind it. There is a spirit behind it pulling you out. What is making you not to give your, your Christian, basic Christian contribution to God? There is something else collecting it from you. Ignore it at your own peril. Let's just, let just take time and let's see how things work out. Exodus 23, verse 25. Now, give me the 7, verse 8. Before we go to Exodus again. The 7, verse 8. Verse 4, rather. Deuteronomy 7, verse 4. Service will make God to invest his jealousy on you. Look at a man like Archbishop Ajinasari in Ghana. Some funny group of people said he has insulted their God, so he should come and apologize, else they gave him date. The man was not shaking because he knew the God he was having. And according to the records, a few weeks later, one of them died. Like that, like just like that, died just like that. And I'm, I saw another group on Facebook now pulling on, what is it called? Uh, uh, the Apostle General, the founder of Royal House. At this, and I, don't even, I don't know what the case is. Pouring, doing libation, killing chicken. I'm like, are, are you this stupid? Men are in sizes now. Are you this stupid? 
Even me, cry if you me as, as my as my small level of serving God. If you even carry a cow to your biggest shrine, it won't do me anything. Me, carry take a cow, cow, full cow, two cry, two is five. Go and do libation. Go and lay curses. It won't do me one thing. Not talk of a man in that capacity who has served God for over 30 years, who have invested in God, who have, even if the man had one or two issues or weaknesses, listen, God is not stupid though. God is not wicked. God does not turn his back on his own at all. Look at the prayer they are doing at Kaneshi. So if you think these things, oh, doesn't matter. It's just a building. God reward those things. God by himself told um, David, you are not going to build a house for me. David was begging God. I want to build it. He said, no. You won't build. Your hands have too many blood. But your son will build. And they have to gather gold, silver. God gave them instruction. So God supports building. And this man is building for God. I'm sure with his money and people contributing. That project is at least, I am sure it's not more than, it's not less than $1 million. I am very sure. And you will not come out. You want to keep a cocoa chicken. Kukuruku. To, you are an idiot. You are an idiot. Even 100 cows won't will, do nothing. Men are in sizes. Your gods, your gods will run mad. Your gods will run mad. You don't know what you don't know what you are saying. The juju will just catch fire. Just it will run mad right there. Say so you want to summon. You see, a lot of us fear juju, fear these things because. You are not serving God. So you still believe more in culture and tradition more than the things of God. You still believe in, I, I don't know how they do their things. I don't care to know. I'm not interested in what they do. I am focused on my service to God. I'm committed, dedicated. But one day, make one mistake and try to go get in one distance. You will know. That is when, when you go to God, you will now know I have a record with him. You will know I have a covenant with him. What are you saying? Even if we don't even pray, the thunder that we reply you alone. Then imagine what we now decided decide to. I saw the video. The man of God was telling the, the warning of the church. Nobody should pray against that thing. He knows where he stands. Nobody should. Nobody should pray. Nobody should reply. Nobody should pray. Father, oh, we are praying against the altar. Say, leave it. Just leave it. That that is somebody who understands his place. Just leave it. Just leave it. Men are inside his soul. Some men are thick in the spirit. They look normal, but in the spirit, they are giants and they are champions. Can you report that Exodus 7 for me? Exodus 7 verse 4. Serve God and you see the way God will defend your life, fight for you, open door. This thing that one, two problem, you are looking for prophet, one, two problem, you are looking for prayer. Even some prophecies you have received, the response of that prophecy or the manifestation, the fulfillment is waiting for your service to God. That's all it's waiting for. But you are not willing to serve God, so it will be hanging. Say for, then get me Exodus 23 verse 25 now. Exodus 23, 25. He said, For they will turn away thy sons from following me, that 
they may serve other gods. So will the anger of God be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly. So he said, if you turn, if you turn away people from serving me, he said, my anger will come down and destroy you. My anger. I won't, I won't try to um, sugarcoat it. I won't try to be short, soft about it. No, 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 no. My anger is going to come and destroy you. Many of us are not, are not getting answers to prayer because we are not serving God. Exodus 23, 25 to 20, 25. It said, And ye shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless your bread and thy water. Ye shall serve the Lord thy God, he shall bless thy bread and thy water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. There shall nothing cast, nothing cast their youngs, nor be barren in the land. The number of the days I will fulfill. When you serve God, I said he will bless your bread and bless your water. That word is talking about provision. It's talking about sustenance, that you will not be stranded. You, listen, the only people I, I pity, people I pity more are those who are serving God wrongly. Because you are, you are triggering the devil's anger by you saying you are serving God. And God cannot defend you because you are serving God cunningly. Alright? You are not serving God completely, so God cannot defend you. And you are the devil, you are telling the devil you are serving God. The devil is angry with you. You, you're going to put yourself in a big trouble. So you realize you keep going through attack. You keep going through problems and yet no solution. Oh God, where are you? God said, ah, Charlie, you are not this thing. You are not serving me well. This thing. You are not, you are not serving me well. You are not serving me well. You are not serving me well. You don't genuinely serve God and you live a life of scarcity and want. I will bless your bread and I will bless your water. He said, I will take sickness. Service is a highway to good health. Service is a highway to good health. Serve God with your time. Serve God with your talent. Serve God with your body. Serve God with your money. Serve God with your strength. Look at men like Wabadeboye. Look at men like Bishop Oyedepo. No walking stick. No glasses. No hearing aid. Nothing. Bishop Oyedepo will stand and preach for three hours. Three good hours. On suit. I can't even stay on suit for one hour. It annoys me. On suit. Three good hours. Standing and talking. And you look at this man. You don't ask yourself... Ah, where do they draw this energy from? Serving God affords you a different kind of protection. Listen, we are not, don't assume we are all Christians. So, no man. There is a level of service that we covenant you to what is bigger than your equal. Genesis 14, Genesis 24, 14 and 15. Genesis 24, 14 and 15. Let us serve God. This is one of the ways to activate overflow, overflowing blessing. Serve God. Serve God. Serve God. I sent money to a young man who I saw on social media not too long. He lives in the heart of the north, 
the northern part of Nigeria. He was a Fulani young man who got born again. And he said that God called him like Apostle Paul to preach only to the Fulanis. His family is fighting him, looking for something that they will be looking for him to kill him because he's converting people out of Islam to Christianity. And he posted that all he wanted was just Bibles to be able to share. I had to seek for his account and I sent him money. Yeah, yeah. And I was planning, I'm planning to send another one again. If this one is hazarding his life for, it, for the gospel, then he deserves to be supported. He deserves to be supported. I'm a pastor, but I'll, I'll keep sending him money. I'll keep sending him money. You don't understand what this thing means. You don't understand what it means. Somebody willing to lay their life down for, to death just for the name of Jesus. You might not be there with the person, but what you are doing with your giving, you are joining in that errand. So the day God will come, so, okay, I want to reward uh, this person. Ah, this work is great. I want to reward you that got involved with your finance. The reward get extended to you. So this is 24, 15, 14 and 15 said, And let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink, and she shall say, Drink, and I will give thy comments also. Let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac, and thereby shall I know that thou hast shewed kindness unto my master. And it came to pass before he had done speaking that, behold, Rebekah came who was born to Bethuel, son of Micah, the wife of Nahor, Abraham's brother. So, with her picture upon her shoulder, all right. So, you see, because Abraham was serving God, because Isaac was serving God through Abraham the father, the servant placed a demand and because the girl was working for the father, serving her own father, God positioned her to, to become the answer to the servant's prayer for a, a wife for the master's son. So Abraham wanted a wife for Isaac, and he told the servant, he was already old, I can't go. Go to this town. When you get there, my God is going to guide you. Find me a girl who will be from this tribe and bring the girl, that is Isaac's wife. And the young man prays the father, as I get to that place, get me a lady who will be doing this, doing. At the moment he was done praying, God brought a serving girl. He brought a girl who is serving, positioned her. Can I ask all the young ladies under the sound of my voice right now? If a man somewhere who has the interest of God at heart, say, God, please, today is Sunday. I want you to bring me one of your daughters, your genuine daughters. I want you to bring me one of your loving daughters. I'm willing to get married in the next two months. I have a question for you, very sincere and simple question. Will God mention your name? Will God direct you there? Or God will not even remember you? Are you part of God's daughters or you are assuming that you are part of them? Serving God is a choice. Serving God, let's get Joshua. Joshua 24. Joshua 24. Let's see verse 14 
and 15 also. If somebody is to pray now, that kind of prayer, say, Father, as I go out, I have one billion dollars. Let me see one of your son. Is your son, who is your son indeed? I want to commit this um, one million dollar to him to do business. Will God order your steps there? Will God remember you? Are we serving God or we are just busy? Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity. So you don't only serve God with gladness of heart. You serve God in sincerity. In sincerity and in truth. That if you check your heart, you are not afraid that it may be, I have done this to God. I have not been doing well. You are not. A, you have obeyed God to the latter. Serve God with sincerity and in truth and put away the gods with which your father served on the other side of the flood. Many of you are still carrying the gods of your father. Yeah, I, I don't mean you go to shrine. You don't go. But you are still holding to the culture they took from the idol. You are still holding on to the culture that your father took from the idol. In our family, we don't marry Ewes. We don't marry Gans. We don't marry Yorubas. You are a Christian now, but you are still holding on to your father's idol. Oh me, I don't serve idol. I don't go to shrine. But you are holding to the culture of the idol. So you are part of the service. You are part of it. You are part of it. All right. And put away all the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. And if it seemed evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served or the, on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Can somebody declare that with me right now? You don't listen, you don't serve God alone. You carry your family involved. Say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Service is a choice. It's a choice. Hear me. The moment you choose to serve God, nobody under your roof should choose not to serve God. It's a crime against your, your, your Christianity. You said you are, you are a Christian, you are a churchgoer, and you have somebody living in your house, you have somebody living in your room. You have somebody under your roof who says, I don't go to church. And they are still there. Then you are breaking scriptures. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. Bible said concerning Abraham, he said, for I know that Abraham, my servant, will command all of his house. I know that Abraham, my servant, he will command all of his house after me. Not beg them or not negotiate. He will command them all of his house. So you don't stay in Abraham's house and you say, oh, um, today they don't feel like going to church. I'm not feeling. No, you will feel it too. You will feel it. You will feel it. You don't feel like going to church. You still, it's time for you to feel like paying your rent. 
You don't feel like going to church. It's time for you to feel like paying your school fees. You don't feel like going to church. It's time for you to feel like start feeding yourself. That, you have to feel it too. Serving God is the best choice you will ever make with your life. Now that you've decided to serve God for those who are serving and those who have decided, why don't you do it well so that you can be rewarded well? Why are you doing it cunningly? Why are you doing it fake? Why are you doing it on incomplete with insincerity and with lies? We just read the part that told us we should serve God with the sincerity of heart and with truth. Your service must be in obedience to God. Can I get First Samuel 12 verse 14? First Samuel chapter 12 and verse 14. Your service must be in full obedience. This is the only problem we are having in our service. Yeah, people are now going to church for those who are going and for those who are in the department, are in the department, but you don't obey God. If you will fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice. So it is one thing to fear God. It's another to serve him. But it's a very special thing now to be able to hear and obey his voice. It's another thing to be able to hear and obey the voice of God. You need to hear his voice and obey him. And rebel not against the commandment of the law. So the sign that you, have, you obey God is that you are not fighting his commandment. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandment. You are not fighting his commandment. You are not disobeying his commandment. You are not arguing with the commandment. We have been fasting, so people are not fasting now. Some carry have not fasted for the past one year. They can be hungry and watch movies, but when you say fasting, spiritual fasting, you don't find them there. You are disobeying the laws of God. Honor your father and your mother so that your days will be long. Many of us are disobeying that law. I asked on the platform, how many of you have sent money to your parents this month? Two persons left the platform. In other words, you are not the one that will tell me what to do with my life. Just continue. You see, I, I, I was telling those who I was praying with last night, I said, there's one prayer I pray, and there's one thing you should do. May you not become the same with those who are not doing what you are doing for God. It's a prayer you must pray. Because some powers will try to shame you and make you a mockery. That you, that is somebody that is prayerful, when somebody who does not pray look at you, they say well, they can't even find difference. Live your life in very right and accurate with God. Serve Him, obey Him, and pray. And when somebody who doesn't go to church see you, there should be something enviable. Not they are asking you, is that all? And this is just beyond physical possession. They are part of it. But it's beyond that. They see your lifestyle. They see your character. They see your spirituality. They see your gifting, how you touch their sickness, it disappeared. How you touch, it disappeared. And all of that. 
if ye will fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and not rebel against the commandment of the Lord. Then, that scripture we are reading, it said, Then shall both ye and also the king that reigneth over you continue following the Lord your God. They were interviewing one of the fathers of faith in Ghana. I saw it online. Abishabha Jinasari, and they ask him, why is the church talking about so much miracles, miracles, miracles these days? Is he not wrong in all of that? And he says, there are souls you cannot win without miracles. He gave a story how he went to preach in India for the first time. And while he got there preaching, all of these people, a lot of them were Muslims. He said the same thing happened when he went to Pakistan. A lot of them were Muslims, all seated there. And after he has done, you dare not come and tell them to give their life to Christ because that, that might just be the quarter or the end of your life. So he said to them, okay, I know you've seen men of God. I know you've uh, met pastors. I know you don't see the reason why to give your life to God. But now we're going to put something to test. Um, bring me the, the deaf. Bring me the dumb. Let me pray. If they hear, then you will accept Jesus. They said, no problem. And they brought the, dear, the deaf and the dumb. He began to pray. He began to pray. He began to pray. He began to pray. And that was how they began to hear. And they began to see. And I said, okay, I want you now to come and give your life to Jesus. So she, he had a lot of souls that night. If we don't walk in the miraculous, we will not be able to bring certain things to book for the kingdom. I know why you are not excited now. Yeah, because you don't understand the importance and the benefit. That is why you are not excited. If you had been on the field to win souls before, you will. I wasn't the one that God did it through, but I was so excited. The power of God was revealed in a place where it looked like it wasn't possible. Your service to God must be in obedience. As you are busy for God, you must hear God and do what he says. All right? That is what is called complete service. That is what is called complete service. As you are busy doing usher, doing choir, doing everything, doing evangelism, you must hear God also and obey the things that he tells you to do. That's where the real blessing now begins to manifest. Serve God with fear. The fear is not fear of panic, but with reverence. Serve God with rejoicing. Things may not always be comfortable or in a good mood, but this morning, I want to adjure you that in every situation, serve God with gladness of heart. Serve God with gladness of heart. Psalm 27 All over the ashes. Psalms 2, verse 7, Psalm 100, verse 2. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. Now we declare the decree. 
the Lord had said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Psalm 100 verse 2, Serve the Lord with gladness and come before his presence singing. Serve the Lord with gladness and come before his presence singing. Serve the Lord with gladness. Be happy in this thing. Stop grumbling. Stop grumbling. Stop grumbling. Serve the Lord with gladness. Serve the Lord with gladness. Give me Psalm 2 verse 11. Psalm chapter 2 verse 11. Oh, la bagadabash. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. So the fear there is not talking about panic, but it's talking about reverence and rejoicing. Things might not always be good, but serve God joyfully. Reverence. There is a reward and an inheritance when you serve God. I pray that you will not miss that reward. You will not miss that inheritance. In the name of Jesus. Two scriptures more. Colossians 3 verse 2. Job 36 11. Colossians chapter 3 verse 2. Job 36 verse 11. Set your affections on the things above, not on the things on earth. So it is your duty to set it. I don't know why I don't feel like, I don't know why um, I'm not convinced. No, it is your duty to set it. He said your affection on the things of God can be set. Set your affection on the things above. Set it. Not on the things on the earth. Set it. Job 11. If they obey and they serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. So you can live a prosperous life. You can live a pleasurable life. But are you obeying God? Are you serving God? Set your affection on things above. Set your affection. Why are you contending with God? Why are you using your life, how you feel, when you feel, where you feel, and taking God out of the equation? Why are you living your life in a manner that doesn't please God and you don't care? Why? Is somebody ready to set their affection this morning? Are you ready to set your affection this morning? You must set your affection on the things above. Set your affection on the things above. If you say you are serving God, listen, one of the, one of the beauty of service is that you don't award yourself mark. Okay? If somebody is serving you now, 
they don't award themselves man it is you that will say you've done well so you will not be the one that we afford god mark or afford yourself mark god is the one that's going to come and tell you one day Serve the Lord with gladness of heart. Set your affection. We are asking God this morning. Our Father, in the name of Jesus, as I begin to pray, help me to serve you with sincerity. Help me to serve you with joyfulness of heart. Help me to serve you with gladness of heart. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, as I begin to pray, help me to serve you in sincerity. Help me to serve you in truth. Help me to serve you with gladness of heart. Help me to serve you with rejoicing. In the name of Jesus, come and lift your voice right now and begin to talk to your Father. Talk to your Father. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. The God you claim you are serving. If God comes now, if God opens his register, do you are you are you sure God can say, Yeah, this one has been doing well? Or God will ask, Who are you? Malagabala Daba Shatabalagadesh. Oh Telemanda Barasuta Balagadesh. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord, to serve you with sincerity of heart, with unity. Can you pray that prayer 30 seconds more? Align your heart, align your ways, align. Say, set your affection on the things above. Things that concern God. This should be the things worrying your life from today. In the name of Jesus. One more prayer. 
we are asking God, the Father, I receive the heart of service. I receive the heart of service. Set your affections on the, on the things above. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, as I begin to pray, help me to serve you addictively. Help me to serve you in all truth, in all obedience and humility. In the name of Jesus, lift your voice in prayer. I set my affections, Lord, on you. I set my affections, Lord, on you. Let my heart begin to pant for you as the deer pant after the water brooks. Let my heart begin to pant for you as the deer pant after the water brooks. In the name of Jesus. Father, thank you for your word that has been sent for us. Thank you for the month of abundant blessing. Thank you for the opportunity to serve you. Lord, I pray that everyone here, they begin to commit and themselves to the service of the Lord Jesus. Whatever hindrance to you serving God be removed. Let the hindrance be removed. Let the obstacles be removed. In the name of Jesus. Father, thank you. Father, we thank you. No one here will serve you and end in shame. No one will serve you and be disgraced. May your name be glorified in our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right. We're going to be back online tonight. 8 p.m. Right? Is 5 p.m. at the dot. We'll be back online tonight, 5 p.m. at the dot. Let's get connected early. Get your oil close to you for a prophetic meeting. And we trust God for a word and a testimony. Go back and keep talking to God to teach you and lead you to serve. Serve 
and serve and serve so that you receive the blessing that is due you. God bless you. I love you. And there's nothing you can do about it. See you at five. Bye-bye.